Today on The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. Again, the Word of God can penetrate. The Spirit of God will move and work on their hearts. Even though they might say, well, I don't believe this stuff. And like I shared with you Sunday, you're sharing with somebody and they say, well, I don't believe the Bible. I don't, I, I don't believe any of that stuff. Then just share with them the Word of God again, okay? Just give them one more verse. Just give them one more verse. Because it's the Word of God that's going to impact their lives. Hearts hardened to the truth, but that doesn't mean we don't continue to share with them. Because you never know when the Holy Spirit is going to break up that hard soil and allow just a seed of the truth to penetrate. Today, Pastor David wants to encourage us to spread the word and love of God to everyone we meet. His word has the power to set people free from their own selfish desires and to transform their lives into something wonderful. But sometimes that means we have to get out of our comfort zones in order to share that news. Pastor David reminds you that just because someone hasn't been receptive to the truth of God's Word yet, doesn't mean you ought to give up. Maybe this time they'll be ready to hear it. Now here's Pastor David in the book of 1 John chapter 1 as he continues his message, False Teachers and Brotherly Love. Well, you need to go down to verse 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. No, John was writing about Jesus at the very first. The word was at the beginning. The word was with God. The word was God. Jesus was God. John made that statement in his gospel. Now he's here in these epistles. He's reaffirming that fact. Jesus Christ came to earth via human flesh as he was born of Mary. He had real flesh and blood from the beginning. The very reality of Emmanuel, God with us. He was Christ Actually, before his birth, he is Christ who was crucified. He is Christ who died. He was Christ who was buried. Now he is risen. Now he is ascended into heaven at the side of the Father. The Christ consciousness, as some say, or the spirit of Christ did not come upon him. He has always been one with the Father. We clearly read through the gospel record, actually how the Jews sought to kill Jesus. Why were they seeking to kill Jesus? Because they said that he was blaspheming. They didn't kill him because of miracles. They didn't even kill him because of his teachings. Again, uh, the Sermon on the Mount, you look at that, well, what is there there to kill somebody about? No, they wanted to kill him because, as John tells us, they said, for he was making himself equal with God. 
Jesus himself declaring that he is equal with God. Jesus himself continually making statements such as, I and the Father are one. Jesus himself who says, he who has seen me has seen the Father. Philippians chapter 2 verse 6 speaks of Jesus who being in the very form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. That's why the Jews crucified Jesus because Jesus says that he is God. When he spoke the very words, I am, the power of those words to any knowledgeable Jew goes all the way back to the burning bush and Moses. Whom shall I say has sent me? Tell them I am the self-existent one. And when Jesus used those words, man, they fell back. It it blew them away. These and a multitude of other scriptures bring in the testimony of the deity of Jesus Christ. And if an individual doesn't catch this, because this is very important when witnessing to neighbors, friends, families, somebody on the street you meet, whatever it might be. If an individual does not believe that Jesus Christ is God in human flesh, then that individual and his doctrine are of the spirit of Antichrist. You cannot get around it. Not when John writes it here in 1 John. It doesn't matter how devout. It doesn't matter how good. It doesn't matter how moral they are. They have a wrong belief, and therefore they cannot be truly of God or followers because they're listening either to false prophets or they just believe, again, in, in false teachings, again, that come from the spirit of Antichrist. Let me give you a couple of examples that some of you are very familiar with. From their own website, the Jehovah's Witness declare on their website, we do not worship Jesus as we do not believe that he is Almighty God. End of discussion at that point in time. Oh, yeah, but we're good. We, we're concerned about this. You're following the wrong Jesus. As a matter of fact, you're following the wrong God. And at that point in time, because they believe in these other writings, beloved, they are listening to the very spirit of Antichrist. And they are being led that way. They are false teachers, and they are covered again by the spirit of Antichrist. Those who believe this stuff and follow their doctrine, they cannot please God. Give that to you again. If they believe and follow the Jehovah's Witness doctrine, the doctrine that they state themselves, they cannot please God and they cannot keep his commandments. Therefore, the Holy Spirit does not abide in them. They may be good, they may be moral, they may be devout, they may again have a great passion, but beloved, they are going the wrong way and the wrong path. Here's one that's familiar with some of you. According to the Latter-day Saints, the LDS and the Mormons, in both the books Mormon Doctrine and Gospel Through the Ages, they believe that Jesus and Satan are spirit brothers and sons of God. In the officially accepted doctrinal statements brought out by Gospel Through the Ages, one of their publications, Gospel Principles, Mormon Doctrine, and Journal of Discourses. You familiar with any of those? Yeah, all of them, yeah. 
They teach how God put forth his plan of salvation for the world, and Satan also proposed his own plan. Jesus accepted the Father's plan and offered to implement it as the Savior. Jesus kind of volunteered and says, well, my brother over here, Satan, doesn't want to do it. I'll do it, Dad. It's through the teachings in his Journal of Discourses and the Apostle Joseph, who later became the 10th prophet, in his Doctrines of Salvation, Volume 1, that the Mormons are taught that Heavenly Father chose Jesus and the Spirit of Jesus was given a body through the Virgin Mary. He was crucified on a Roman cross. He rose from the dead three days later to establish his deity. To establish his deity. Do you get the change there? He was not deity before. To establish his deity. The character and the life of Jesus, though, is attainable by anyone who performs at such a righteous level. Guys, that's blasphemy from the get-go. This and so much more of their doctrine, although at times sounding so very mainstream Christian, shows that they're not declaring the truth of the Bible. Therefore, their teachers are false prophets, and they are following after the spirit of Antichrist. Those who believe and follow that doctrine, guys, they cannot please God, for they do not keep his commandments, and therefore his Holy Spirit does not abide in them, because they do not believe in the one true Son of God. They believe in a false Christ. No matter how good they are, no matter how devout they are, no matter how close to the truth they are. You've heard this story probably a million times, so I'll give you a million and one. If you and I were to fly from Phoenix to Hawaii and air traffic control gave us a particular heading, and we say, well, that's a nice heading. And whatever that heading is, I decide I'm going to change it just two degrees. You know what? I would never see Hawaii. And you would probably never see me again either. You see, close enough isn't close enough. And these false teachers, oh, they weren't called Jehovah's Witnesses of that day. They, they, they weren't called uh, Latter-day Saints at that day. No, they, they were, but they were coming into the church and they were teaching very similar doctrines and leading the church away because it sounded close enough and it sounded good. That's why John tells us in verse 1, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits. Rather, they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God, and every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And again, He is referencing with that his words from the gospel. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. The word became flesh. God became flesh and dwelt among us. And anybody who teaches otherwise is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. And the Jesus Christ that he speaks of is the one true God. The one true. He was with God 
and he was God from the beginning. Even the Apostle Peter, Apostle Peter warns us, 2 Peter chapter 2. He says there were also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you. He's saying even in the Old Testament, there were people that were leading the children of Israel astray, leading them away from the word of God. And now he's saying, and now among you in the New Testament, the first century church, there's going to be false teachers among you. And he says, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who bought them, and they'll bring on themselves swift destruction. What does he mean by denying the Lord who bought them? Denying the truth and the fullness of who Jesus is. The moment you take away the deity of Jesus, the moment you take away the reality of his human flesh and blood, then he is no longer able to take our sin. It's because of who he is that we even have the opportunity of salvation. And that's why even Peter warns, man, they are bringing in these destructive heresies. As a matter of fact, I love the old King James. It says these damnable heresies, because that's exactly what's happening. People believing these things and damnation comes upon them because again, they're not believing the truth. They're not believing the real Jesus. The Holy Spirit is not abiding in in them, no matter how passionate they are, no matter how devoted they are, no matter how moral they may be. That includes your great aunt, I'll give mine, Irene. (laughs) If she didn't know Jesus, the one true Jesus, she's lost. Praise God, I know my Aunt Irene did know him. So, (laughs) Guys, we need to pray. We need to be people that are praying, not pointing fingers, but we need to be people that are on our knees for our neighbors, our family, our friends who are Jehovah's Witness. Our neighbor, our family, our friends who are LDS because they're believing a lie. And you, you, we don't wake up in the morning saying, you know what? I think today I'm going to start believing a lie. They bought into it, whether it's from generation upon generation upon generation, they were born into it, or perhaps because of a situation or a time or an issue in their life that just at that right time, one of these who profess false doctrine was there to come alongside them, and so they were sucked into the darkness from maybe even from the truth. And they're believing a lie. We need to be praying that they would come to a knowledge of the real truth, that they would reject the lies that they've been told, some of them for generations. And again, guarding our own hearts in the midst of that, we need to warn others. And even believers, even believers can get sucked up in half-truths. Even believers can get sucked up in spiritual-sounding doctrines that aren't right. Look what he says in verse 4. 1 John 4, verse 4. You are of God, little children. And you've overcome them. In other words, you've, you've gone past these false teachings. No, he's speaking to these that he knows are believers. You've overcome them. Because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. He's saying that Antichrist is already in the world, but you know what? He that's in you is greater than Antichrist, greater than those teachings, 
They, they that believe these things, they are of the world. Therefore, they speak as of the world, and the world hears them. Any that speak these false doctrines, the world is hearing them. Verse 6, we are of God. He who knows God hears us. He who is not of God does not hear us. You ever have a problem sharing your faith with somebody? You know, it's, it's like hitting a, a, a brick wall sometimes. Many, unfortunately, they're not searching for the truth. They, they believe the lie, hook, line, and sinker. And I don't care if it's the, the false teachings that look like it might be entrapped with, with Christianity, i.e. the Jehovah's Witness or the Latter-day Saints, but even those that, again, become uh, literally agnostics or they become what they say that they're atheists. I don't know how a person can really say that they're an atheist, that they don't believe in God. If they've never been every place all at the same time, how can you say you don't believe that there's a God? There's a whole concept on that that messes me up. But anyway, in that whole thing, they may believe in nothing. They may hate religion with a passion. Some are hardcore that way. Some are still looking. I don't, I don't believe Christianity. I don't believe the word of God, but I want to know truth. You know what? Those are the ones who, again, the word of God can penetrate. The spirit of God will move and work on their hearts, even though they might say, well, I don't believe this stuff. And like I shared with you Sunday, you're sharing with somebody and they say, well, I don't believe the Bible. I don't, I, I don't believe any of that stuff. Then just share with them the word of God again, okay? Just give them one more verse. Just give them one more verse because it's the word of God that's going to impact their lives. Hearts hardened to the truth, but that doesn't mean we don't continue to share with them. Because you never know when the Holy Spirit is going to break up that hard soil and allow just a seed of the truth to penetrate. Man, we look at our deserts and you think, man, during the summertime you look out there and says, ain't nothing going to live here. And then all of a sudden we have rains like we did this spring. You think, man, it's absolutely gorgeous. The hardest soul you may know whether it be a family, a friend, a co-worker, the hardest individual you know, the Spirit of God can penetrate. And the Word of God in that life can bring forth life and break open that heart. John now kind of circles back around. He comes to the social test. Uh, and, and again, that's that our love for the family of faith. Look here, 1 John 4. Now we're in verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. How many of you know that chorus, that old chorus? Yeah, a few of you. We're not going to sing it. Uh, Not enough of you know it. That whole idea, that whole understanding, love one another. Love is of God. I mean, in reality and the truth of it, let's just face it, sometimes we come together. We're not a very lovely bunch. You know, if, if each one of us knew each one of us as best we could, we, we'd probably be really difficult to love some of us, okay? But it's the Spirit of God working in us that allows us to love each other over and above and through and in spite of our faults and our issues. Why? Because I know that God loved me in spite of all my issues. And what can I throw at anybody else? 
What level can I say? Well, only if you reach this level. The fact is, because he loved us. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He does not love. Catch this. If we do not love one another, this is that social test. We don't know God. Because if I say that I know God, that God is in my life, John says God is love. And if God is in my life, that love has to come out. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us. That God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. It's an interesting direction of words given to us here by the Holy Spirit through the pen of the Apostle John. In verse 7, he actually speaks about two distinct and I believe kind of separate conditions here. One of them is being born of God and the other one is knowing God. Now, bear with me as I explain this to you. For an individual to be born of God, you need to understand that is an act of God himself upon that individual's life. For by grace you have been saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it's the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Can we say our salvation is of God? Titus 3 Paul writes again, not by works of righteousness that I've done, but it's according to his mercy that he saved us. Through that washing of regeneration. I couldn't wash myself. He had to wash me. He had to regenerate me. And he had to renew me by the Holy Spirit. Okay, and a host of other verses speak about the fact that, again, being born again, that is the work of God. However, when you and I come to truly know God and to grow in God, to grow in our knowledge of him and in our relationship with him, guess what? That is the work and the will of you as an individual. You know what I'm saying? You are born again by the power of God. You grow in God by your intentional growth, by your intentional seeking after the things of God, by your diving into his word, by fellowship with the saints, by, again, being in Bible study, being in prayer, growing in that relationship. In other words, if I was born again by the Spirit of God, and I never read my Bible, never went to church, never interacted with any other Christians, number one, it'd be really questionable whether I was ever born again by the Spirit of God. But the fact is, is to grow in Him, I need to make decisions in my life. I need to make determinations in my life. Peter, again, I'm going to refer back to Peter. 1 Peter 2, verse 2 says, as newborn babes. Peter is encouraging us here. As newborn babes, you need to desire the pure milk of the word in order that you might grow thereby. That's your work. I can't stand back and say, well, God, if you want me to grow, <laughs> grow me up. We've got to do something. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18, he says, Speaking to the believers, he challenges them to grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To be born of God is one thing. To grow in the knowledge of God is another thing. But the unfortunate reality is that many believers today, even today, they expect God would simply place a funnel on their heads and pour into them all that they need without ever lifting a finger to read the Bible, or to find more about God. I cannot tell you, through the years, the number of times in counseling, you'll say, man, I'm really struggling in this area in my life. Man, I'm really, I'm really stumbling up in, in this area in my life. Would you pray for me? Would you help me, Pastor? 
How often do you read your word? Would you like to listen again to today's message? You'll find this and other teachings from Pastor David in The Open Word at theopenword.com. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast to ensure you never miss the latest edition of the program. Right now, let's check back in with Pastor David for an invitation. I'm so glad you tuned in today to The Open Word. And as you know, this broadcast is meant to share with you the hope, grace, and the love that can only be found through Jesus Christ. The teachings you've been listening to here were originally messages I shared with the congregation at Calvary Chapel of Casa Grande. Do you happen to live in this area? If so, please come join me this weekend for a time of worship, prayer, reading the Bible, and just getting to know one another through fellowship. You'd be able to find all the information you need, the service times and directions too, at our website, theopenword.com. Just click the Calvary Chapel Casa Grande link at the bottom of the page. See you there. Thanks, Pastor David. We'd like to take a moment before we close to ask you to consider partnering with us here at The Open Word as well. Would you pray for us? We know the enemy isn't happy about the truth of the gospel being spread, and he's going to do all he can to stop us. Please pray for all of us here that we'd keep our eyes only on Jesus all the time. Would you also join us in praying for the listeners of The Open Word? Pray that hearts would be open to the gospel and that lives would change. Thanks for partnering with us in this, and thanks for listening to The Open Word. Make us more.